Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Names of God Bible. He said, If you will listen carefully to Yahweh, your Elohim, and do what he considers right, if you pay attention to his commands and obey all his laws, I will never make you suffer any of the diseases I made the Egyptians suffer because I am Yahweh Ufika. Bible Before Breakfast, Mildred Kingsley Congo here. Good morning, it's another beautiful week where we get to study the character of God embedded in his names. And like last week, we're trying to figure out just like Apostle Paul, who are you Lord? Who is God? This God that we all claim to love this God that we all claim to serve and worship, who is he? And in walking through the scriptures, we start to see people's encounters with God and how that gave them a deep revelation of who God is and sometimes caused them to name God. Interestingly, there are times where God reveals himself by himself. He gives us the names that we can call him. He introduced himself as Yahweh, the I am that I am. The God who is whatever we need him to be when we need him. And today, God himself revealed something interesting to the Israelites. He declared that I am Yahweh Rufika. I am the Lord, your healer. Now that's such a beautiful name. But it's much, much more than that. If you think about it, what he's really saying to us, he's saying, I am the eternal one who heals you. So I am the God who heals you. Whatever the sickness, whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, or maybe spiritual, or maybe even mental, especially with this generation where everyone seems to be talking about their mental health. God is your healer. Our God is a God that heals. Whether in the Old Testament or in the New, Jesus came doing good and healing everyone who was afflicted of the devil. Everyone who came with a sickness, Jesus healed. This shows us who God is, the God who heals. The Hebrew word rofi, where rofika is gotten from, means to heal to cure, to restore, or to make whole. Shortly after the people left Egypt, God himself revealed to them that if you will do what I tell you to do, if you will follow me, if you will obey the instructions that I give you, I won't let you suffer any of the diseases that the Egyptians have suffered. He showed them through his mighty signs and wonders and his many acts of wonders that he could actually show them that he was great enough to do whatever he decided to do. And when he wanted to rescue them, he showed them different kinds of diseases that the Egyptians had to go through. And he was making a very solid promise. 
He said, if you would just follow me, just obey me. Don't argue with the things I tell you to do. When I say eat, eat. When I say fast, fast. When I say rest, rest. When I say don't steal, don't steal. When I say don't lie, don't lie. Because sometimes we think that diseases are just physical. Some of the things that happen to you mentally as a result of some things that have happened through you, to you, or around you. So for instance, if you are strong in lying, for lack of a better word, if you're someone who is always quick to tell lies, the problem is that it will damage your mental health because you will start to believe that everyone around you is a liar. You'll become suspicious of everyone around you. And that cannot be very healthy for your soul. So God is simply saying, I'm here to heal. I'm here to cure. I'm here to restore. And I'm here to make you whole. But you must follow my instructions. You must do what I ask you to do. One of the things you must understand about our God is that he's very proactive. He doesn't wait for there to be a problem before he steps in. He sees the possibility of a problem. He knew that when Adam and Eve sinned, sickness had been introduced into the world. The world was no longer a perfect world. And so it's very heartbreaking for me sometimes when I hear people say things like, if God is really God, why is there sickness in the world? If God is really God, why is there cancer? Why is there HIV? Why are there viruses that no one can cure? Interestingly, these viruses will not stop because the Pandora's box was opened the minute that Adam and Eve sinned. The minute they took over running things for themselves rather than obeying what God had said, they let Satan in to the picture and he always turns God's good things into bad things. So Satan really is the one who's messed up everything. But you see, like I said earlier, we have a God who is very proactive. So look at Isaiah 53 verse 5. This was a prophetic word concerning Jesus, our Messiah, who was to come many, many, many years after this word had been given by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah verse 5 of chapter 53, the Living Bible says, But he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed and we were healed. I can't get over how intentional God is about our lives. He knew we would have sickness. And the Bible says, we were healed. We were healed. That's past tense. It means that you are not the one Satan is trying to put sickness on. No, you are already healed. You need to understand that. You are not a sick person walking around. You are healed. And what Satan tries to do is to confuse you about that by giving you symptoms. He also tries to confuse you about that by making you forget this scripture. He's, he makes us forget that we were healed. Not that we're going to be healed, but we were. And if we were, then we are. And I mean, this is not an English lecture, but if something is in past tense, it totally means that it has happened. God has already healed us. And Jesus had to go through his own bruising, he had to go through his own beating, he had to go through his own wounding for us to be healed. So Jesus got the stripes, we got the healing, hallelujah. And that's so 
important because if you keep that in the front of your mind, then you will understand that God is a God who is intentional about you, a God who absolutely loves and adores you. He knows that sickness is not a great thing for you to deal with. So he dealt with sickness. Jeremiah 30 verse 17, the Amplified Version says, For I will restore health to you. So if you've forgotten and maybe you've gotten, you've accepted the symptoms and you've agreed that you're sick. The Bible says, God says, okay, I'm at that place where I will restore to you the health I gave you in the beginning. And it says, I will heal your wounds. So beyond the things that are happening to you physically, even your emotional wounds, the internal wounds, God says, I will heal them. It says, because you have been called an outcast. It says, this is Zion. No one seeks her. No one cares for her. Now, if you read this scripture, this same scripture in the contemporary English version, you will absolutely fall in love with it. It says no one wants you as a friend or cares what happens to you. And sometimes that may be what you're going through. Some of you may be in that place where you feel like you're going through the things that you're going through alone. The sickness you have is probably embarrassing. You can't tell anyone about it. So you're going through it alone. But God says, but... Even though no one cares about you or wants you as a friend, says, but I will heal your injuries and you will get well. That's a promise. You will get well. There's no option here. God is saying you will get well. It's not negotiable. You will get well. That's God's final word concerning the matter. He's not debating it with you. He's not arguing about it. He has settled it you will get well. And you see, it's a good thing. He doesn't need to take anyone's permission before he heals you. He says, whether people like you or not, you will get well. Let's look at one of my favorite, all-time favorite scriptures. And maybe because I had to hold on to the scripture for so long, it has become one of my absolute favorites. Now, I usually would read it in New King James or I'd read it in King James Version or possibly even the New International Version. But today I want to read it to you in the message because it's all encompassing. Exodus 23, verse 25 to 26. I'm sure some of you already guessed. The message translation says, But you, you serve your God and he will bless your food and your water. I'll get rid of the sickness among you. There won't be any miscarriages, nor barren women in your land. I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. And the reason why I read it today, this particular version says, I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. God has promised he'll get rid of the sickness. I don't know what that sickness is, but to be honest, it's really irrelevant. God's word trumps whatever sickness it is. He says, if you serve me, I'll bless your food and your water. All of us know that most times what's going on in your body is a reflection of what you've put in your mouth. So he says, your food and your water will be blessed, meaning that it will be empowered to prosper your body. So whatever you put into your mouth will work together with your body to function at optimal levels. He says, I will get rid of the sickness that is among you. He says, there won't be any miscarriage or barren women in your land. Usually, one of the effects of sickness is, is miscarriage or barrenness. And God says, none of you will be infertile. And I, I will make sure personally that you live full and complete lives. What a God. This should make you just want to praise him. 
He's interested in every aspect of your life. He says, I will make sure that you live full and complete lives. Full and complete lives. Full and complete lives. Remember, he says that I am Yahweh Rufika. I am the eternal one who heals, not the one who gives sickness, the one who heals. Remember that next time Satan tells you you're sick. Remind him that you serve Yahweh Rufika, the eternal one who heals, not the one who gives sickness. Good morning. What a wonderful way to start your day. Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred Kingsley Conkwell.